Look at Dane Young with the fancy graphics. I love it. I love it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to UGA Sports Live Podcast. My name is Roddy DeBolsi. I'm joined by Dane Young and the Hall of Famer himself, Jim Donnan. The reason everybody's tuning into the show today, catch Jim Donnan's take on the Vanderbilt game and looking ahead to the Arkansas game. But before we get too far into the show, you two guys had a fantastic interview yesterday with Reese Davis, a UGA Sports exclusive. Most people don't get to have him come on the week of their big game and talk about the Georgia Bulldogs for 30 minutes. So uh, before we get too far into the show, guys, I want to play a clip from uh, yesterday that the fans may not have seen because I know a lot of us were scratching our head going, why the hell is it a noon game and why is why are they coming to – why is game day coming to a noon game? It just doesn't make a lot of sense. So, uh, Dane, I know you got that keyed up. If you would, play that uh, clip from yesterday. It's really short. Folks, y'all enjoy this. Jim, I really think it came down to the simple fact that we could take the show and lead it right into the game. And there's some there's some real value to that. I think it creates a lot of energy around the show. We can do uh, something similar, but it'll be more intense this week when we did last week at Soldier Field. We did first two hours plus outside, a good venue, and then we took the rest of the show inside during warm-ups. And that was cool and it was fun, but I think doing that in Athens for an SEC game uh, that has some pretty high stakes is going to feel a little bit different than a neutral site uh, Notre Dame Wisconsin game. There's certainly some energy around that game, but this is going to be different. So I think that was this is a really, really compelling game. Arkansas is one of the really good stories of the first month of the season. It's an opportunity to see exactly where they are. Georgia looks like a juggernaut. Well done, guys. Well done. I absolutely loved it. It was a great piece. I congratulate you both for getting him on the show. And, Coach, uh, I, I, we get, we'll talk a little bit more about Vandy going forward, but I want you to just kind of put in perspective how big this game is for Georgia this weekend against Arkansas. Yeah, I think a lot of fans really would like to – change the game time and that's why they're asking why they why did they come in here but you know they're going to always look at what gives them the best chance to uh, promote their stuff and and you know there's a lot of energy here on the campus at georgia they saw that when uh, the fans were in the charlotte so uh they, they really don't like to go to a game with cbs has the game like like to see what's going to happen with them um, alabama and uh, and uh Ole miss so uh I defend ESPN on that, but uh, but I do feel like there, as you mentioned, there's a lot at stake here because all of a sudden, Arkansas is really in a challenging position in the West. Uh, looks like they're right up there after A and M loses, and uh, Auburn looks really bad. Uh, LSU's got problems, so you know there could be a real challenge there to with Ole Miss to see who the second best team is, but. And for us, uh, we're you know we really haven't been challenged. We've talked about it uh, ad nauseum about the biggest challenge we've had is practicing against each other. So it's going to be a test for sure. But at the same time, uh, you, you know I like our shot playing at home. Our fans, you know, not very often you get a chance to be on game day, be the second ranked team in the country, play another team ranked in the top ten, kind of like Notre Dame game a couple years ago. I look for a fantastic crowd, a tremendous uh, amount of euphoria there. It's going to be good for recruits. It's going to be good for everybody. And, uh, you know, Arkansas is really fired up, and it, it rightfully so. I mean, they hadn't even won a game a couple years ago. And uh, 
Now Coach Pittman's got them really believing themselves. But uh, I think they're going to have a little bit of dose of reality pill here Saturday. I hope so, anyhow, because they're getting ready to go against a really good football team. Dana, a lot of the uh, lust, a lot of the luster from that win over Clemson seems to have uh, kind of uh, disappeared after Clemson lost yet another game. Uh, so a lot of people are thinking this, you know, you had a win over a top five team, but now they have a top twenty five team. Is this the first real test that Georgia has seen? I mean, to me, I think people are kind of dismissing that Clemson win because, you know, there was a, Georgia had a lot of questions in that game. And Clemson did have Brian Breezy available in that game. They did have their, their – they just didn't have an offensive line. Uh, but to me, I don't want to dismiss the Clemson win, but at the same time, now you may be thinking this is a much bigger test than that Clemson game. I mean, uh, Arkansas knocked off Texas and Texas A&M. Texas A&M, you know, a, a darling in the West. And uh, I'm thinking this might be a, a much bigger game than people were anticipating when the season started. Based on what Arkansas did the last couple of years, yeah, definitely that's the case. I, I don't think you can dim, dismiss the Clemson game mainly because of Breezy and Murphy and that really good Clemson defense. Uh, Clemson's had some issues offensively, and, and I think that that's something that you can say maybe Georgia's defense hasn't been tested by a high-powered offense yet. I think that's the case. I also don't know if Arkansas's that either. I mean, Arkansas to me seems like a tough – uh, hard-nosed, let's try to run over you, get three yards of carry, be happy with that, have some explosive plays downfield. I don't see Arkansas lighting up the scoreboard either, but it's going to be a tough physical game. I think Georgia gets us in a good place on the schedule for Arkansas because Arkansas has had a few of those already. And so Georgia's coming into this, even with some health issues in its own right, with some skill guys in a better spot than the Razorbacks are. Coach, what is the what, what is the character of this Arkansas team? I mean, we know that when Sam Pittman was at Georgia, he talked about he loved to play bully ball. He loved to just go out, lean on people, mash them. He's a great offensive line coach. He's got the the Razorbacks believe it in themselves. But for people who are just now kind of looking at Arkansas, I mean, what is what are they offensively? What are they defensively? And how does that match up with Georgia? Well, completely different as far as their offensive uh, uh, style is, is certainly they like to play physical, but they play. Uh, they're not into the Georgia offense. Uh, you know, uh, some of those fans back there behind you cheering for you. I'm hearing them. Uh, yeah. So, uh, the the real deal for for them is they brought in our Art son, Kendall Brownson, who's really good uh, uh, offensive coordinator that runs a, a different style than what Sam's used to uh, playing here at Georgia under Cheney and uh, Coley. Uh, so. Uh, we're going to see a team that stretches the field vertically uh, every snap, a lot of RPOs, does a good job of doing of running the uh, inside and outside zone, uh, and they have a quarterback runs with this big guy who looks a lot like Cam Newton, probably not as fast and maybe be close to him as a passer, but uh, he's a very good quarterback that really kind of – the kind of guy they need in that system. You, you saw Felipe Franks playing last year for him, uh, you know, can run the quarterback run. So they're going to – we're going to see a similar quarterback that we saw from Clemson, DJ, uh, very similar to his size and uh, skill set. Defensively, they've gone to uh, an umbrella defense where they have a three-man rush. They brought in three uh, transfers in their D-line from the portal. 
three big guys, two from Missouri and one from, I think, Illinois State, that give them some physical physicality up front. I said that for, for Dane because I looked it up, and it is in the dictionary. So, uh, And then they play two linebackers and then six defensive backs where they play a kind of an umbrella look. But off of that, they can come off the edges. They can put pressure on you. But uh, we're going to have a hard time throwing deep against that look. They just really prevent the uh, deep shots. You know, we saw them play Alabama with that style last year and and limited offensively Alabama to their least productive output. But, you know, they did a great job in the kicking game and they ran the ball well. So don't look for a lot of long balls from us this week. Look for more underneath stuff, screens and things like that. But I do think we can pound them running right at them. Uh, this is a case of, from my perspective, it's going to be a good test for us, but it certainly is not mission impossible. It certainly is not a game where we should go in there uh, like we're Casper the Friendly Ghost. I mean, we should go in there with a lot of power, uh, firepower as far as feeling how what our kids can do. Uh, they, they really want the challenge. And I can tell you, when you got a chance to threaten for being the number one team in the country, it just gives you a lot of pep in your step around the building, around your practices, around the strength program. Everything about you uh, wants to show that all that hard work you put in, you want to stretch your stuff. You want to get out there and show that you're very capable of competing for uh, winning it all. And I think this team all of a sudden, looking at the other people around the country. I mean, I don't see a dominant team right now. Alabama's got issues. Oregon's got issues. Penn State's got issues. I don't know what Michigan's all about. Oklahoma can't score. Uh, Texas has already lost one game. Clemson's lost two. So I like our shot right now. James, when when you're looking at the uh, matchup this weekend, Georgia's favored by, what, 18 points? I guess there's going to be 17, but it's now 18. Uh, are, are Georgia fans fretting too much because of uh, Arkansas' success with uh, Texas and Texas? I mean, an 18-point favorite, you're feeling like that's a – to me, that's heavily fav- uh, favored. That's not like a, a one-score game, a two-score game. They're saying that Georgia's going to get two touchdowns and more than a field goal on this team. I mean, Georgia is the favorite for a reason. Georgia is the more talented team. Uh, Georgia has a defense that has really not allowed any offensive firepower to to happen, I guess, other than the outside, if you want to say a couple of deep shots here. And Arkansas uh, is coming off of a tough road of having to beat Texas and having to beat Texas. And they did that. That's impressive to be 4-0. But Georgia is a more talented team, a better program with a deeper roster. So that's why that line is what it is. I think that's going to happen. Um, Arkansas is having a great start to its season. It's one of the stories in college football. Reese Davis said as much when when that's why game day chose this game and to have the the noon kickoff here uh, and that it was going to be an SEC triple header uh, on ESPN the whole time and that late game had to be a sixth time game. Well, this game's in Athens. That's Eastern time. Uh, this is big for Arkansas. This is big for Georgia. Uh, but Georgia had bigger games down the road as well. And, you know, we, we hyped up the Clemson game for months and months and months. So let's not act like Georgia hasn't had, you know, some big games on its schedule already. This is just the latest one. Hey, you make a good point there. Uh, you really do game as far as uh, analyzing that. And, you know, you look at the projection, uh, you're always looking as a coach down the road, but it looks to me like 
of the remaining games, uh, this team along with Kentucky and Florida are going to be the teams that are that can match up with us the best. Uh, Kentucky's developed a pretty good defense to go with. Now they got an offensive passing game a little bit, but they still don't have a lot of, of uh, confidence in it. And uh, Florida, to me, worries me more than did last year because they, even though they had that passing game and everything, their defense has really improved. They've added some coaches to help Coach Grantham uh, during the game. Uh, they've done a good job using the quarterback runs. But, you know, we got three or four weeks before we play them. But the thing about this kid at quarterback, he's going to get some pressure now, and I hope he throws some up to us. they got a tremendous receiver in this Burks kid, a 6'3", 215, very big, strong, physical guy that can go deep and threaten you. Uh, he hurt his ankle there in the fourth quarter against A&M, and it's okay with me if he comes in here with a hurt ankle and then gets it well in a couple of weeks because uh, it would be nice for us to – uh, for them to do us a favor since we're playing without Pickens and Blaylock and some of those guys. Maybe Roseby won't play either. But the main thing about this game to me is we're going to see a team that threatens the field every down with a run or a pass. You, you've got to be ready for it. You just can't focus in on the running game or the passing game. Uh, their whole offense is based on the big play. Everybody watched Baylor when uh, RG3 was playing quarterback. Uh, they put the receiver split. You know, it used to be a rule that you never split more than halfway between the boundary and the and the out-of-bounds mark. They'll line the guy up as close to being out-of-bounds as he can. I mean, he can hold the coach's hand over there with the headset. He's one inch from the sideline, and the other guy on the other side is the same way. They they just feel like stretching you out, make you cover them, and they, they don't mind throwing the ball deep. So, uh We'll just have to see how we do against the ball in the air. We've gotten a lot better at that. There's no question we've made tremendous improvement with our defensive backs, and our coaches have done a good job with them. But I worry about this team being able to take advantage of the RPOs. You know, we saw a couple times uh, that uh, South Carolina tried to do that, and it worked a little bit, and UAB too, but – but also, they got to worry about stopping our front. Uh, we got to knock them back, get, get them into long yardage situations. And if we do that, if they're behind the sticks against us, uh, they're in some severe trouble there. You know, it's like that, that little boy that used to live on my block that couldn't say his R's. He would say, Ewan, you better say your pues. I think the scariest thing about Arkansas is this is a team that believes that it can win big games because it has this year. I mean, it's beaten teams that in previous years, Arkansas just doesn't beat in situations and, and roster manipulations that it doesn't beat. That's a scary thing in sports. So I think Arkansas's team thinks it can beat Georgia. The difference is I know Georgia's team knows it can beat Arkansas. So, you know, belief is, is one thing, but Arkansas is not going to be intimidated when Georgia gets off the bus, and that's a step ahead for a lot of teams that when Georgia steps off the bus, they, they know they're in for a long day. It's going to be a competitive game. I really do think that. This is not going to be a walk in the park for Georgia. I agree 100%. I do want to mention our – I'm here at Classic City Eats. Uh, it's, it is a raucous place today. The place is packed, as it should be on a uh, – for lunch. So uh, if you're in the Watkinsville area, swing by Classic City Eats. It's tamale season. Uh, i got a huge plate of tamales here. I'll show you those later in the show. 
uh, fantastic uh, food here at Classic Beach. Great place to watch the game. Tune in at Also, another great place to watch the game if you're in the uh, if you're in Athens, but you're not at the game itself. If you want to swing by Academic Brewing Company, uh, they have, they'll have the game up on all their big giant screens. They'll have it over in the lounge. You'll be able to hear it in the beer garden. You'll be able to see, catch the watch along show. You'll be able to see all that great stuff out at Academic Brewing Company. Uh, later this week, though. Really need to swing by, try out there. Uh, they have a band coming on Thursdays, live music featuring Carter Pine. Go to check out Academia Brew Company on Facebook. Because if you're if you're watching the show on Facebook, it's easy to jump over there after the show. Uh, but if not, check out Academia Brew Company. Check out the Facebook page. Listen to those clips of Carter Pine. That is a great sounding band. I'm, I really want to check them out on Thursday from seven to ten. Of course, uh, tonight is Trivia Tuesday. They have Trivia Tuesdays every night or every uh, week of the year. Uh, Saturday, of course, is the game. Sunday, they have NFL football. You can watch Falcons. You're into uh, self-flagellation. Uh, the beer and biscuit brunch is on Saturday and Sunday uh, from 10 to 3 o'clock. So they always have something going on at Academic Brew Company. Of course, they always have brand new beers. You can try stuff you haven't seen before. Uh, great collaborations they do with other breweries. It's just a... Uh, Crazy high gravity beers to uh, very light filters, fun stuff out there at uh, uh, Academic Brewing Company. Check them out, and uh, when you're on that side of town, swing, if you're maybe a half mile from Athens Ford, swing by and check out a friends at Athens Ford. They've been doing a great job supporting not only this podcast, which you know, we wouldn't have it without them. They support our website, which is huge. With, you know, go to UJSports.com, you'll see an ad for uh, Athens Ford because they support us. But they also support our watch-along show. We would not have the watch-along show without them. So if you are not in Athens and you want to watch the game, be sure to watch the game with us on a second screen. You will be on a put us on your laptop, put us on your iPad, put us on your phone. You can watch Dane, Coach John, and myself talk about the game in real time. Uh, we've got a lot of insight. We've got a lot of breaking news. We've got a lot of analysis. Coach John will be breaking down what happens. And, again, we would not have that watch-along show were it not for our good friends at Athens Ford. Now, we're, we love them, but so do their customers. I mean, this, they've gotten the uh, President's Award for exceptional customer service three times. That's, uh, that's the top honor that you can get in the, uh, the Ford Motor Company. So, uh, I mean, that's three times in a row is pretty impressive. They were also the uh, one Ford 35 pre-owned dealership in Georgia. So, if you want to get what I bought when I went out there, I bought one of the certified pre-owned vehicles, you know, 170 point inspections. Uh, grab one of those. For a new one, they have 0% financing on a ton of vehicles out there. So check out our friends at Athens Ford. They will get you scored away. Hey, Roddy, uh, you sound, you sound kind of echoey and tinny, so double-check your mic settings that you're getting the microphone that you need. Um, I'll take over for a moment and get a, a first question in here from the dog vent. Uh, Coach, this is uh, for you from Chrome Dog. Who's your guest for Georgia's leading receiver and rusher this Saturday? Yeah, I got to go with Bowers just based on uh, what he's shown the first few games. Uh, he would be the guy that I thought I would think. And then I, I really look with uh, what we need to do running right at him. I would go with uh, with Zeus first and maybe Milton if his shoulder's ready to go because we're going to have to run a lot of straightaway inside stuff from, you know, power sets. So I would go with Bowers and Zeus 1 and uh, Milton 1A. I think it's a tough call there because uh, George is getting so many guys back. Just overall, Coach, and I'm sure this is a question that we I have later. Know we're going to get those guys back. They keep talking about it, but, you know, who are we going to get back? Washington, maybe. 
Hopefully he plays a little bit. Dom Blaylock still out. Robinson. I mean, uh, I'm not trying to interrupt, but I mean, people just rush to judgment, but this guy's had a broken foot and uh, I, I think he'll play limited amount, but I can't see him going in there and playing 30 plays. He might, but uh, I, I still think he'd be the third guy in there right now. Well, and even if he is back with a guy like Bowers plays playing, you don't remove playing time from him. I mean, he's, right. he's one of the best players in the league right now. Well, if we uh, use 12 personnel, it'll be Bowers and Fitzpatrick and Washington, or it'll be Bowers and Washington and Fitzpatrick. I mean, you got to keep Bowers in the game at, at most of the time at this point for conditioning and all that. Excuse me for interrupting, but uh, I just read these people write these things on these other sites. Hey, these guys are 100% and all that. If they're 100%, I mean, they've gone to see Oral Roberts. I promise you that. They, they really have. Um, this is a good question from PA Dog 610 Wants to know, and this is more about uh, Barry Odom's defense uh, over there at Arkansas. If you were preparing for Arkansas, what would, your be, what would be your offensive game plan for their defense? Well, you know, Barry Odom's had some success for sure, uh, at Arkansas. I mean, they did it. They had uh, last year, they had some uh, games that they lost on defense. If they could have done anything, uh, you know, field against Auburn, get off the field against uh, some of these other teams, uh, particularly Missouri, they had a 10 point lead going in with like three minutes to go and they lost. So uh, I think he's getting a lot of credit and he certainly has done a good job, but I don't think he's some kind of defensive genius right now. Uh, based on what I've seen from other coaches in the country, although uh, and he didn't do that great at Missouri defensively, but he he did a good job at uh, Memphis as defensive coordinator. So he he's definitely gives you some issues. But as far as what I would do, I think the main thing you got to do against a team that doesn't want to give up a big play is you got to be patient. You got to understand that it, by alignment they've got you beat on a lot of things. So. Let's use our physical approach. Let's use some underneath stuff. And then if all of a sudden they can't stop us and they try to go to some pressures, then we'll burn them with some deep balls. But the areas that are open are the intermediate areas, the deep hooks, the deep curls, the underneath stuff. But the deep outside and the deep middle is, is very difficult when they got six defensive backs back there, even if the guys are not great. And they've got a great free safety Uh you know, but these guys didn't all of a sudden trade in for a lot of new players. The one thing they did do to help them, though, they got eight super seniors. You know, that's eight guys that wanted to come back and play for the Hogs and making contributions, giving them depth and helps their football team. So, uh, but at the same time, uh, confidence is something that really helps anybody. If you really, and I think you hit it about them getting, if you really think, that you can do it and you believe in it, that's a lot of better than having the doubt of getting your ass beat every week like they were a couple years ago. And these kids are enjoying that. They were on the bottom pit of the conference, and now all of a sudden they've got a lot of stuff going for them. But, uh, again, uh, I want to give them some credit, but I don't want to – this is not like uh, some uh, mission impossible for the dogs. I can tell you that. I mean, I like our shot. I really do. Let me ask you one question that I heard asked to Sam Pittman in his news conference on Monday, and it's more about, like, I guess a practice question for Georgia. So the question to Pittman was, 
Arkansas uses so many defensive fronts that sometimes it causes other teams to prepare for things in practice that they're actually not going to see and essentially waste practice time in that. Is that like a strategic advantage to be able to have five or six defensive fronts for a team to use and then Georgia wouldn't know what it's going against this week? Yeah, the unknown is something that you always worry about and you got to work on everything just to show your players you don't want to have to adjust during the game. But let me tell you something. If you play at the University of Georgia and you practice in the spring and you work walk through in the summer and you practice in the in the fall, you've seen every defense in the history of college, pro, junior high, high school, midget league football because Kirby Smart's run them. So it's not like we're going against somebody of these fronts. We've seen it all. Anything that Oda can draw up, his wife can draw up on a napkin or his kids can give him. Kirby Smart has shown our offense with our defense here. That, I mean, that, that's a true, true statement. And I worry about our defense doing so much, but I guarantee you they show you a lot too. So they're going to have to practice against a lot of stuff we do too. And, uh, and we'll be able to execute it too. Roddy, do we want to test your mic now that you're back? Is that any better? Hard to tell. We, we heard more background noise than we heard you. So I wanted to make sure that Athens Ford uh, got its money's worth for, for uh, what they do to support us. <laughs> I do appreciate it. If everybody would swing out by Athens Ford, that'd be fantastic. Uh, this Saturday or Sunday, we'd, we'd greatly appreciate it when you're in town for uh, the game. Sounds like you're on a phone or something, but it will we'll make it work for the rest of the show. Um, Coach, here's a question for you. This is from Lost Dog 2, do you think the corners will press and bump for Georgia to mitigate the Arkansas deep threats? I think we'll mix it up. I mean, like I just said, if this, this questioner was listening, this is a Burks kid. It's just a tremendous deep threat. I mean, it's all a big ball for touchdown against uh, Arkansas, uh, against uh, Texas A&M, uh, and he's good on the underneath routes, and he, he, you know, he's very physical, and he can go up and get it. So, uh, the thing you want to do is put some pressure on the quarterback. And if you do that, some, when you play man coverage, you got to use some different kind of looks. Uh, certainly press would be our first shot, but we also bail and we also will run some combo coverage on there where we double them and play what we call inside out, where if you can line up outside him and force him in and know the safety's going to help you to the inside, or you can line up inside and, uh, force him outside and other safety's going to play over the top. So I look for us to double him some too, which is what you do to a really good receiver. That is what you do to a really good receiver. Here is a, a question meant for you uh, from Strange Noah. Wants to know, have you had any time to look or watch at Arkansas special teams play? Strange Noah is curious about their kicking and punting game. A familiar face over there helping out with some of this in Scott Fountain. Yeah, Scott Fountain does a good job for our fans that uh, don't re remember. He was a special teams coach here first couple years with uh, Kirby and uh, really does a good job. Uh, last year he actually faked something on us. I don't know if it was a field goal or what, but it worked. But, uh, you know, they got some good return stuff and good kickers and all, but nothing, nothing like we do. Uh, we just got – you know, I know Kirby last week was mad because we didn't kick one off in the end zone, but the guy knew that the guy was going to fumble it, so that's why he kicked it short. No, that was a good play for us. We got the good – but, uh, you know, when you're up 35 nothing, you can find a lot of things good and you're looking for things. But I would say we got an edge in the kicking game uh, for this game. 
All right, Roddy, I'm going to bring you back in here with the uh, audio now. Let's see. Is it, I can't unmute because you chose to mute yourself. Okay, so we'll just go to uh, another question here. Coach, uh, no, Lake, Norman, Lake Norman Dog says, I keep seeing the right guard get stoned on run plays and wonder if that's the key. What is the key to getting the running game going? Are you seeing any issues at right guard, Coach? Because Lake Norman Dog is. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can pick out uh, any kind of plays where a guy's not going to be as good as uh, the rest of them. Uh, we get beat. You know, Schaefer's gotten beat. Uh, our center's gotten beat. But, you know, this is a different position for uh, for this guy. You know, he was a center, and uh, I think he's, he's, he's learning what to do. But he's doing enough that our coaches feel like he needs to be in there because he knows what to do. Uh, we've got some young guys coming along, and – we got the advantage now that Kirby was talking about uh, Jones playing tackle and maybe Salyer playing some inside. And we got some other guys we're looking at like Condon and Truss and, uh, you know, Whitlock. He can play. But, uh, I don't know that he actually got stoned that much, but, you know, he, he certainly doesn't get the movement. Erickson's not as big as some of these guys, but uh, he, he certainly played efficiently. But, um he made a good point there. We got to get more movement from our offensive line, but I think you'll see a lot of movement this week. And the reason you'll do is they play a three, five, three, three man front. So you got a couple of double teams right at the point of attack and they're going to have to count on some uh, swarming type stuff. But if they got three guys up there and two guys back, uh, they're daring you to run the ball. I mean, you got seven. And if you put another tight end in there, you know, what are you going to do then? So uh, I, the, the, if they can hold up with a three-man front against us, I'll be really surprised. Speaking of tight ends, here's a question just meant for you, Coach. This is from JRS Car 86 After bringing up that Coach Donnan invented the tight end reverse a week or two ago, how <laughs> excited was he to see Brock Bowers get a rushing touchdown? Well, it wasn't exactly like we ran in Oklahoma, but uh, – you know, you got a guy like Brock, you, you get him the ball. You find ways to get him the ball, and that's what Munkin's doing. I mean, he's such an efficient guy blocking. He's really good uh, running out. He's tremendous uh, on the, on the uh, you know, speed and burst after he gets it. You saw the ability to run with the football uh, on that little jet sweep. We used to call it rocket. Uh, we didn't call it jet because we wanted that quick explosive thing like it on the takeoff, you know, the rocket, the jet takes a little while to get going, but it's a rocket sweep for us. But uh, you guys didn't laugh at that, but that was the way we did it. So uh, <laughs> we call it 48 and 49 rocket. And the guy that was running his Heinz Ward or Champ Bailey or somebody like that. But here's the deal with, with Brock Bowers. I mean, I got people in the country that not name dropping, not doing anything, but, you know, you got friends that you talk to, and I can tell you, over the last week, I've had more texts about Brock Bowers than I've had in a long time. And the reason is, how did that guy get here from California? Uh, how's he playing so well as a freshman? Things like that, which all of us know. We did a good job recruiting him. He got a chance in the spring. And uh, he is a special talent. I mean, he's just a very – intelligent guy that really likes to compete. He's a weight room warrior. I mean, I, I don't know. I can't find anything wrong with him, really. I, 
I, I wish I could say something that would bother me. Maybe, maybe he's not six five, but uh, I'm just telling you, he, he is a complete football player, and he's. I'm glad he's ours for the next two and a half years. Roddy, one of these days I'm going to learn to listen to Coach Donna because since I've been a part of UGA sports, the names that have come up in spring or, or fall camp, it's been Brock Bowers, okay, Jalen Carter, huh, all right. I mean, he's on a little hot streak here, and then Devin Willock may be the next in the bunch with the, some of the time he's getting late in games. The best one I ever came up with, though, that nobody even had a clue about was Hill. No, you know, his freshman year, we talked about him in the spring, and the guy ended up starting. And uh, that that was just luck, walking out to practice. And I said, who is this guy right here? The first thing that just got my eye were his thighs, which I've talked about immeasurably. But uh, he was just knocking people around the first day out there at spring practice. And you don't do that as a guy just comes in here from – down in, uh, you know, Warner Robins in the first day of spring practice, you're knocking those defensive linemen off the ball. I mean, I mean, the first time I saw him come off the ball like that, I wanted to run out there and grab him, but I couldn't because Kirby ran out there and grabbed him. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. I mean, Roddy, we, we grab him and hug him, not grab him. And no, hug him. no, I understand what you're saying. The, the excitement of it. I, what I'm saying is, I need to learn to listen to you when you say, "Watch out for this kid," because you're you're on a hot streak right now. Yeah, and I'm not just yeah, saying that to blow your blow think, up your ego. I don't think that's that's not hard to do. I mean, you know, I've always said this, and I said it 20 years ago. You go to a high school game as a as a coach. And you take your wife or your girlfriend, and if they can pick out the prospect, it's probably a player. If they can't, you probably need to not recruit the guy. Next question from the dogman at UGAsports.com. This is from UGA Farm Dog. When comparing personnel, what mismatch will give UGA the biggest advantage versus Arkansas? So if you're a coach, you're watching the film, what are you trying to exploit? I don't know that it's a mismatch, but uh... – you know, I think our offensive line against their defensive line is pretty much, you know, pretty equal in a lot of ways. But if they try to play us a three-man front, I think we can certainly, even though we haven't run the ball that much, I think we can run it on that three-man look. The thing about uh, Texas A&M, they just couldn't uh, throw the ball good enough to, uh, you know, get them out of it. So uh, we, we got the good play action. We got the tight end. You know, they didn't even throw the ball to the tight end to the third end of the third. And they got that Wiedemeyer kid who was a second-team All-American last year. The other thing that would really chap me if I was a supporter there, and Jimbo Fisher's a good friend of mine, that guy Spiller ran for a 68-yard touchdown in the third quarter and didn't touch the ball the rest of the game. I mean, what did he do? Did he go over there to Jerry Jones' suite and have some beer or something? I mean, come on. That was unbelievable. Uh, know thyself, right? Yeah, give the man the ball. Like, if, if they're scoring points like that. Yeah, I've had those things happen to me before, but I tell you that you, 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 when you're struggling on offense and something's working for you a little bit, you got to go back to it. But I, I wouldn't say that's a mismatch, but I like that. I like the idea of that. And I, I think. Our D-line against their O-line, they're going to have to prove they can move us out, and I don't know if they can do that. Uh, but the thing that they do, which they which will look good like they are, is they run those outside zones and they 
quarterback keeps and a lot of sneaky stuff, which is not so much being physical as just being, you know, execution. So we got to be in the right. We can't overrun. We can't just rely on a team being out, man, like UAB was or South Carolina was or Vanderbilt. These guys have got players that can execute their assignments. So we got to stay at home and, and uh, play our technique. Roddy, why don't we take a break here and give yeah. us a, a word of, of what you're doing over at Classic City Eats. I was just showing everybody the tamales, hoping they like them. Oh, that's the best your microphone has sounded the whole time we've been on here. This I, is fantastic. I don't know. Uh, new technology and me don't mix. I'm, I'm bad at it. But I do want to give a uh, shout-out to our friends over at Dead Soxie. you got to check them out. I'm going to whip these down here. That is the uh, red and black collection from uh, Dead Soxie. They are fantastic supporters of ours. Uh, there's your lucky socks. Georgia's 4-0. There's four sets of socks. I'm not saying that the two are completely related, but Georgia wouldn't be 4-0 if people hadn't been buying these socks from Dead Soxie. That is a personal guarantee. <laughs> no, I can't. Our friends at Dead Soxie, they, they do a great job. They actually have new ones coming out. So uh, when you get a chance and if you you know are looking for something made from great uh, yarn, you know, super soft yarn with great actual technology of holding your socks up. I know it sounds weird to say there's technology in socks, but there actually is. So if you want uh, luxury yarn and a smart design and, you know, tr they call it true state technology. It actually keeps them from growing down. And for somebody with big calves like mine, when you put these on and they actually stay up, and you don't have to keep bending over, pull your damn socks up. Uh, a big fan of that. And the, the no shows don't slip down. So when you're walking in your no shows and they disappear on you and you have to take your shoe off, get your sock fixed. This doesn't happen with dead socks. So I'm a big fan of their stuff. We tried it out before we brought them on as a sponsor. And we actually have a weekly predict the score contest. And if you predict the score, if you're closest, then you get a set of these four socks. Now, i got to start sending those out. I haven't shipped as many as we need to. But uh, big shout out to our friends at Dead Soxy for the uh, uh, socks that they do. And also remember, that's, uh, there's they have socks for LSU. They have socks for Ole Miss. They have socks for Alabama. So if you have somebody in your office that you want to get your boss, coworker, employees, if you want to get them something you know nice like that, and just because they don't have to only be Georgia fans, they make them for a bunch of different schools. But, of course, the Georgia ones look the best because red and black is just a fantastic color and goes with everything. So a uh, big shout-out to them. And also I want to give a, uh, a nice uh, shout-out to our sponsors over at Your Pie. Uh, they have been sponsoring our show forever, and that is a fantastic thing to do on a Tuesday is to order Your Pie for your family. Get the big 14-inch pizza. Uh, get the individual ones, get the salads, get the uh, uh, custom pastas, get the, uh, uh, the custom uh, the sandwiches. You know, those are fantastic things to get for your family. You can do that on Tuesday. The reason I always bring them up on Tuesday, A, is because we do the show. But the biggest part is on Tuesday is the you get double points on their app. And we do the app. You get a lot of uh, great uh, free food that way. Big fans of that. Mm, that large pizza. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Show that large pizza. <laughs> but that's Ordering a 14-inch pizza through your pie. Website or app. I like either one. Well, if you do it on the app, you get the uh, uh, double points on Tuesday, and those add up super quick. I've got a bunch of free pizzas, a bunch of free breadsticks, uh, all sorts of uh, free sandwiches, free gelato, because every time I order, I order on Tuesday. So 
Can't beat them. Next question from UGASports.com, and I don't know that this is in reference to Georgia Southern's uh, head coach firing, but this may be uh, something that if Georgia keeps having the success that it is, becomes a conversation later in the season, but I'll ask it anyway. Blocker57 asks, which of Georgia's assistants, if any, is most likely to receive a major D1 head coach offer at the end of the year? Well, in reference to that job, uh, Dale McGee was the assistant head coach and actually was the uh, head coach for the bowl game when the, the coach left and went to Tulane. So I would think that he would be somebody they would talk to. Uh, he certainly got great Georgia ties. He tremendous high school coach, uh, knows the state recruiting. I'm not sure that he wants to go for that job or not, but, uh, you know, they've always wanted to run the option. That's their style down there i don't know how much dell wants to do that but um and certainly dan lanning a tremendous uh guy that's looked looked at by a lot of people because he's a uh, one of the best young coaches i've been around and a lot of other coaches that would be people you know matt luke has been a coach head coach so has todd munkin but uh you know when you're winning like kirby's winning here you're gonna have a hard time keeping your coaches people are looking at for that blueprint they're looking for somebody that's been in this and then when you guys that are succeeding on the level that Mel Tucker undefeated Sam Pittman undefeated at uh, both those places Beamer's off to a decent start there you know they hadn't done much lately but people athletic directors search firms look at that one thing else I'd like to say that I want to mention is uh, you know I've done a little bit of work over at 960 earlier in my career and Stephen Lang was a uh, producer for me and did a lot of things for me to help me uh, in my early radio career and, and did a lot of things, but unexpectedly his wife passed away on Sunday night. Uh, just makes, makes me really sad. And I just want to let all the fans out there know, uh, put Stephen Lang in your thoughts and prayers for the loss of his wife, Jean. I mean, it was just a real shocker to all of us, but Stephen's a real pro and uh, I know he'll, I know, I've gone through and I can relate to it with him. So uh, I just want to give him my best thoughts right now. That's from all of us as well. Um, that, that's really kind of words, coach. Thanks for doing that. Um, I will say in reference to the question from blocker, if you're a head coach and you have the success that George is, you have to be looking you know, four steps ahead doing that 3D chess of understanding what could happen to your staff. We know that Todd Munkin has ties in the NFL. There's always could be a call that he could get brought back up there. If Matt Luke were to become a head coach again, there are teams that would definitely like that. I would see him as a guy that's been at Duke before. Maybe if David Cutcliffe ever wanted to try to name his successor, potentially, I have no idea. You just look at where they've come from before. And then if Del McGee gets snagged up, if that all happened in the same offseason, you're pretty much replacing the entire offensive staff. And so as Kirby Smart's job as a head coach is to say, let me have my people ready for certain things if certain things happen, or here's who I can cape up for and really try to keep if other opportunities come. Like that stuff has to be happening now because these jobs, as we're seeing with Georgia Southern or with USC, they're coming open earlier and earlier, which I don't know is a good thing, uh, but it's just that's reality in college football. Question for you, Coach, from Satilla Riverdog. Hey, Corch, he asked, who would win in a race, Adam Anderson or you in one of those Athens Ford F-150s? <laughs> you know, it just depend on how what kind of start I got. I mean, I'd have to get my pedal on the metal pretty quick there. Uh, Adam Anderson is 
fast. I'm talking about real fast. I'm talking about track speed fast. Uh, that would be a good race there for, you know, he couldn't catch up with me after about 50 yards. I'd be blown by him. I'd have to get Kirby's F-150 to see how to do it. But, uh, well, he really makes a good point there about the guy's speed. And then Nolan Smith on the other edge. I mean, that's the thing about it. I talked to uh, Daniel Jeremiah, you know, the guy that we had on our show here that nobody lists, but uh, they should because he's a top scout in the NFL. We had him before the draft last year, and he feels like some of these guys, uh, you just can't believe Jordan Davis and Carter and Walker and, you know, this Quay Walker, too. I mean, just really got some athletes up there that got some. And even for Kirk, who will not, but, you know, for him to say this might be the fastest defensive front he's been around, that's really a big statement, I think. Especially when you think about some of those great Alabama defenses that that he was uh, coaching as well, and the Georgia ones too. I mean, it's it's to the point. He's had athletes all over the field. But you know, like Reese Davis says about the Georgia having the best defense in the nation. Yeah, the thing about his lines at, 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 at Alabama were the guys were more, you know, really big, thick guys that knock people back and all. You just you didn't see the streamlined guys like. Uh, of course, Davis is, but I'm talking about these Jaguar types like Carter and uh, Walker. I mean, uh, you just don't see guys like that playing a D-line that can run. I mean, you got Anderson and Walker on a kickoff team. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of speed, I'm going to throw this question to you, Roddy, because I know when you're evaluating athletes, you love going out to track and field events and seeing what the football players do with those uh, in high school. So this question from Bulldog Ben who are the four fastest players at Georgia, or who would be the four by 100 team among football players? Yeah, 10 seconds. Keely Ringo. <laughs> go ahead, Coach. 10 seconds to answer it, Roddy. Answer it. Oh, I'd say uh, Aaron, give me Arian Smith, Keely Ringo. Uh, that's my two right off the bat. I want those guys. Uh, give me Lad McConkey and. Uh, I want the, the last guy. I want, I want Adam Anderson to do the last 100 meters. And here's the reason why. Uh, Jefferson track championship at uh, Jefferson one year. And TJ Strip, Stripling, I think, Stripling, out of uh, uh, Decatur, came, comes running around with the anchor leg on the uh, 4x100, six inches taller than everybody. Remember, he had huge hair, huge hair. And he's just, I mean, he's an outside linebacker, defensive end guy, you know, well, I mean, outside linebacker. And just watching everybody's jaws drop. If you see Adam Anderson coming around to that last leg, he'd have enough, you know, Aaron Smith, elite track speed, Keely Ringo, elite track speed. All he'd have to do is just hang on for the win. So give me that in my 4 by 100 team. All right, what we got you Well, I mean, obviously you take Ringo and Smith there. Uh, I mean, Ringo and uh, – and 11 there, Arian Smith, they're the two fastest guys. Uh, there's so many others that you could put out there. Uh, James Cook got tremendous speed, uh, you know, uh, defensively, you got some guys can really shoot it too. So, um, you know, I don't know that I would have McConkey in there. McConkey got very quick after school, but, uh, I mean, I haven't really thought about that too much. Those, those two are the ones that, you know, I know this Anderson and and Smith, the uh, Nolan Smith have been lasers under four six. 
that's pretty good for their size. So uh, watch your hand on your mic, coach. You're getting a little bit muffled there. Okay. Uh, I'm such a good producer. I appreciate uh, what we have going on here. Question: uh, This is from Twitter. It sends one every week. We really, really appreciate you, Jay. Alum 95. Uh, this one, there's a lot of talk about Georgia's running game right now. Who is Georgia's best running back? Hey, I mean, it's uh, Kirby did a good job the other day talking about get, going with the hot back and all that. Uh, that's the philosophy right now. I mean, uh, you got four guys intertwined there that you use based on, uh, but we, we just got to play, we got to have some games like Vanderbilt, not so much because opponent, but where you got a chance to run a lot of more plays, then you got a chance to give all these guys reps. But uh, overall, you know, uh, you, you just can't really say at this point production-wise you can talk about each guy's potential. I worry about the fact that Milton's been hurt. Again, he got hurt last year, you know, in preseason camp, and then he, he hurt uh, again uh, with his knee, and then uh, this year he had a concussion early. Uh, I think that was it, but – and now he's got a thumbed up shoulder. I'm, I'm not going to say he's any way near uh, injury prone, but I guarantee you he's got all the tools to make your mouth water, size, speed, catching the ball, all that. Could out of the backfield, running outside, Zeus great straight ahead. Uh, Jimmy Mack can do anything with it. So uh, all four are good. Wealth of riches at running back. James Cook. <laughs> or. Or uh, Kenny McIntosh, or or Zamir White. I or mean, Kendall you have Moore. to be impressed with some of the vision from Dejan Edwards in, in the fourth quarter. I know it's you know fourth quarter against hey, Andy, but Dejan Edwards is a good running back. He's good. He's good. Yeah, coach. I want to ask you real quick. We, we were kind of just bypassed the, the Vanderbilt game altogether, but give me your thoughts on that Vanderbilt game. What what were your takeaways from that? I know we did the show together, but for the people who didn't catch the watch along, your thoughts on Vandy. Yeah, I was just really impressed with the fact that we knew that, that we were outmanned the team and we uh, we had a good week of preparation according to what Kirby said after the game. And that's what usually happens when you play an inferior opponent. If you prepare well and know your assignments and understand that we're going against our standards and not theirs, then you can go out and execute. And that's what we did. We showed – I mean, I don't remember many teams being ahead 35 nothing in the first quarter. And uh, we took advantage of some turnovers, good field position. Uh, JT was on fire, hit every pass except one that was dropped. So uh, I was just impressed with the fact that we took care of business. And, uh, you know, a lot of teams like that, you, like being farts out of a dead mule. I mean, you just can't go out there. And, it's hard to do. I mean, you know what I mean? It's just hard to go out there and keep your focus. So. Uh, I don't know that that's the analogy I would, but that's hard to do sometimes. So uh, I'm happy with the way we played. I thought that was really good preparation by our coaches, our players. Uh, it was just a way to go out there. Uh, and another thing that I forgot to mention here that uh, really has me heartbroken now is Collier Perno, our uh, great nutritionist for our team. Her uh, father, Lou Perno, is in the hospital down in uh, COVID and then had a stroke and is really in serious condition. And everybody knows the contributions the Perno family have made to our program. 
in baseball, you know, uh, golf, everything, and great supporters. And when now we've got Collier and her husband, Ryan, who's a trainer. And just all the dog fans need to really get get out there and support the fact that uh, that's a really good dog fighting it hard right now. So uh hated to hear that about Lou, and hopefully he can come back from it. All our well wishes with them. Um, Absolutely. So uh, that, tough deal, man. A lot of people are going through some stuff, and that's one reason that we work as hard as we do to provide the content that we do is try to be an escape from that stuff in real life. So rallies around them. The reason I say that is because a lot of people don't know it. I don't I don't think that this is a clearinghouse necessarily things like that. But when things like that come up, that involve Georgia people. I think it's good for us to reach out and let everybody know about it. So I uh, hope you hope everybody realizes how much Collier does for our team. Uh, she has been a really godsend with our nutrition and worked so hard behind the scenes. Our kids really count on her. Every little thing counts to be up to uh, the standards of the other. We got everything we need, but uh, if you're going to have a, a great defensive coordinator. You have to have a good strength coach. You got to have an excellent academic support team. You got to have good nutritionists, great trainers. It takes a, a, a tremendous uh, amount of people to make a program. Uh, you know, Josh Lee and his group that uh, do a great job uh, with Neyland Rape or all those guys. It's just, uh, and of course, and they do it. They, they're behind the program. Well, I will say we've had a, uh, We've always had great uh, support from the Georgia fans. If you say, hey, look, somebody needs some prayers, somebody needs some well wishes, they come flooding in. And we've seen some great uh, fundraisers done for the uh, uh, folks on the dog vent who've needed things, uh, folks within the, the Georgia Bulldog community. It's a very generous community and a very uh, uh, no, no responsible So Let's hit this question, uh, and this can be our last one here, unless we want to go. We have a few more we could go, but this is uh, from Billy Zane, and something that we pointed out in Film Don't Lie. It says that one of the few subpar spots on offense in the last few weeks has been second-level blocking, perimeter blocking. One example, Coach, that we used in Film Don't Lie was the uh, kind of screen bubble attempt to lab McConkey and A.D. Mitchell could not complete his block to allow that play to happen. It's not just receivers. It's been some tight ends. It's been some linemen that not getting to the second level. So my question, uh, and Bill asked us on as a long question, how do you fix some uh, perimeter and downfield blocking issues to open up those explosive plays? Yeah, and from my standpoint, it's a, it's a question of continuity, uh, fluidity in your lineup. We're always – because of injuries, because of uh, personnel situations, we haven't had and we haven't had uh, Jackson out there, who's our best blocker. They're protecting him to make sure that you know he can catch punts and all and be ready. He's a tremendous blocker on the edge. Uh, you know uh, the fact that just constant uh, uh, revolving door on there, so a guy's not out there making the block down after down like a if you had a would line up so it's not an excuse it's a reality uh you need more reps in the game you got to react uh, burton probably not 100 percent physical he's missed some key blocks so i think once we get more uh more in tune with our lineup we'll do better at that but that's a very astute analysis by him because we get any kind of perimeter blocking without the holes without the uh, uh missed assignments we're gonna have some really big plays and and what you got to do 
against a team like Arkansas always throw the ball short and block people downfield. But there's been a lot of good ones too. You see a lot of these screens that Bowers catches and makes things happen or Cook on a pre uh, play out of the backfield, the play to um, uh, six for uh, Kenny Mack for a touchdown, uh, a play where we threw everybody across the field and played him underneath and blocked the perimeter. Fitzpatrick came across. Those are great execution, but as anybody knows, the ones you talk about are the ones you miss, and we've missed a lot more than we've blocked. So hopefully having better uh, continuity will help us there. Well, with the lack of continuity, if Marcus Rosemey Jackson is not able to go, he did get uh, injured in the Vandy game. He's one of the best perimeter blockers on this team and has improved in that aspect. So who steps up in that spot if Rosemey Jackson can't go? Well, I'm hoping that they're going to cut Kiaris loose and let him play now that, you know, he's had four weeks here to really uh, work on his rehab, and plus all the fall camp. So, and we haven't needed him. That's the other thing. You know, uh, he couldn't play against Clemson. So we haven't needed him the last three weeks. I can see him in there more. Mitchell's coming along. We know Burton can do it. But if you get – all of a sudden you get zero out there. And now he – even if he doesn't block somebody, he'll probably screen them or they'll have a heart attack knowing he not to block them. So, uh, hopefully the, the threat of him out there will help us as well. Hey, Coach, I do want to bring up one question. I, I saw one of the dumber comments uh, I've seen in my time covering Georgia. We mentioned that Darnell Washington would be coming back, and someone said, oh, we don't need him. Brock Bowers has taken over. We don't need to read Gilbert either. And I'm like, you can have more than one tight end on the field at a time. But it does bring back an interesting point. How do you work Darnell Washington back in? I mean, it's with as well as Brock Bowers has done and John Fitzpatrick, I mean, Go 13 personnel? Do you pull one of those guys? What's what's the kind of mechanics there? Well, you always look at your personnel going into the game and who's your best 15 or 16 players and how can you get them in the game. So if if you've got three tight ends that are among those guys or you got three backs, then you're going to do some of the things that Coach Munkin did. He's used two backs when we didn't have Washington. He's used these uh, when we were receivers were down. Uh, last year when, when we had some injuries of pickings and some of that, we used some three tight ends. We saw the fact that we had McKitty in there along with Fitzpatrick in Washington. So you look at your best core 15 or 16 players, you look at what you're going against defensively, and then you set up a game plan accordingly. You have 11 out there at a time, but how, how are you going to put those 11 out there? Is it going to be two tight ends, two wide receivers, one back? I won't go into all of that, but I don't have any doubt that if Darnell Washington is ready to go and they feel good about him, they're not going to worry about him taking reps from Brock Bowers or him taking reps from Fitzpatrick. They're going to put his ass out there. You can't be the size of LeBron James and just hang out on the sideline. It doesn't work that way. You don't find other of those guys. Um, to that end, I said that was going to be the last question, but I got a text yesterday. So this is totally friend of Dane privilege here for Jordan Green. And I'll send this one to you, Roddy. His question, does Eric Gilbert head down for Georgia this year? Does, he, does Eric Gilbert do what? Does Eric Gilbert play a single down of football for Georgia this year? I expect him to. So. I do too. Long season. We got 
Yeah. We're only one third of the way through. Maybe one, one four. I mean, one. I mean, we got a long way because we got some extra games coming up. I hope. I agree, hundred percent, Coach. That's a, a long season. I mean, hell, we were talking. We didn't think George Pickens was going to play. I, I remember you saying he's played his last snap at Georgia. He might be back in November. You well, know, but so I think that, that that's. Is, I think fans would. Got to be careful there because of. You know, he is running and all, but, you know, you got to get that graft. Everybody knows he has a bone graft on that along with when he do that surgery. And that's got to seal up. And when, he, when that does, then he's going to make a decision along with his mother, uh, you know, what uh, is he with. I mean, based on what our trainers tell him and all. And he's got a lot to look forward to in the future, too, as far as pro career. But if we get pickings back – can we get Gilbert back? <laughs> I'm just saying. So, the, the, the coach makes a great point. It's it is a long season. So you're like, well, he's not. Reed, Gil, Reed Gilbert's not here right now. He'll never play at Georgia this year. Dude, relax. It's it's September. You still got October, maybe, November, maybe in January. Come on. Maybe Eric Gilbert might, but not a Reed. Hey, I'm I'm totally in the camp of I'm going to need to see it to believe it, and that's not a slight against the kid. He he's gone through yeah. whatever he's gone through both at LSU and at Georgia, uh, and I just don't obviously see the way right. That's true. But it's not yeah. it's not a, it's not a down the road thing. That he's not going to play. That's the truth. yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. Um, that's all the questions we have time for, Roddy. A really good effort from the listeners this week on the dog then, and uh, a big game this week. I'm sorry, you're yeah, freaking up on me there. I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to seeing us play a good opponent, but I'm also like, you know, the analogy I had is a, a lady just got went into a big time store and bought her the most expensive dress in there, and she's going on a big date, and that date's going to happen at 12 o'clock Saturday when the dogs show their dresses off. <laughs> uh, I love it. Uh, I, I, I love it, Coach. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, I can be sure to tune in to the watch long, folks. We're going to be on what about 11:45, Dane, and we'll we have will. the uh, well, or maybe 11:55. <laughs> but we will have the show for you, folks. And we can put people's comments on the screen. We've got all this new technology. I get to play with. All right. Anyway, that's enough for this week's uh, show. Sorry for my audio issues and my apologies there. Big shout out to Dead Soxie for being a sponsor of ours. Uh, Academia Brewing Company, Athens Ford, and Europe High. Uh, each, each one of our sponsors is near and dear to our hearts. So is uh, Connor Grading and Landscaping. They will have your Thursday show that you need to check out when Coach and Dane and Brent Rollins do Around the League. Uh, definitely, you want to check that show out this coming Thursday because they will break down the entire SEC. They were—I listened to last week's show. They were dead on and what was going to happen. Although I don't know enough of them to pick Arkansas to win, but it was a—it uh, was a good, great show, great breakdown for the rest of the conference. You need to check it out every week. Make it part of your weekly listening duties. All right. And of course, tune in next Tuesday. We'll be talking—we'll be breaking down the Georgia-Arkansas game and looking ahead to Auburn, the Georgia-Auburn game. We will see you next week. Take care.